Go ahead while you're standing, grab your Bible, which you may use for your Bible. Hold it up and let's, let's, get, let's make another confession. <laughs> Lots of confessions at Faith Family, but it's all good. We're acting on his word. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I'll make this as a confession that I will meditate therein both day and night on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening and because I do my life is blessed it's no more a mess now everything I touch everything I touch it turns to success oh father again we thank you pray that revelation knowledge will flow freely and uninterrupted today by any satanic or demonic force have your full freedom in this service hallelujah if we need to jump and shout and run lord we just have your way in this service today but we stand before you we sit at your feet to receive a word in due season in jesus name we pray all agree with that prayer said Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Open with me in your Bible. Once again to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. For those that are here in person that might be visiting with us or online if you're visiting, we welcome you in the name of Jesus. Um, my name is Stanley Scott. I'm the senior pastor here, and I extend to you a warm and a friendly welcome. We believe that God orchestrated your steps, ordered your steps to be here because he's got something he want to pour in your spirit through his word. So give an ear to hear what God says to you, and you'll be blessed. In 2 Samuel, our text is in verse 17 through 25. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down uh, to the stronghold. Uh, let me say this as I read this so that I don't have to come much back to this. But, you know, the enemy, when the enemy hears that you're doing good, when the, when the enemy hears about your promotion, uh, when the enemy hears that you got a new car or a new boyfriend, come on, somebody. <laughs> uh, and, and, and as it was with, with David, when the Philistines heard that David stepped into destiny, you understand? He stepped into what he was anointed, what he was born to do. You know, he's like finally, after all of these years, stepping into, into his moment, out of all of his struggles, all that he had been through, he finally enters into this place where, you know, you would hope that you could be at peace and have rest. But as soon as they heard that David stepped into his office as king, the Philistines went up to look for David, and they weren't looking to congr congratulate him. All right, and in verse, verse 18, the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphim. 
But look at what David did. David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? David asked God, will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. How do you respond when you're faced with a challenge? You know, you just start that new situation and now uh, you, you get a negative doctor's report. You enter into a new season and things are really going well in your marriage and then something else over here begins to happen. How do you respond when situations that are challenging come up? For David, the first thing he did when he was faced with an enemy, a challenge, he sought the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. And I wonder where he learned that from. We're going to look at that today. So David prayed, you know, shall I go up? And the Lord said, go, for doubtless I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. And sure enough, verse 20, David went to Baal-perazim. And David defeated them there, and he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. In verse 20, we have our text for the series. God revealed himself to David, not as Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Rapha and El Shaddai and, you know, many other great names of God. But in this instance, David experienced the God of breakthrough. And he marked the moment. He, he, he built a memorial and he said, I'm never going to, we're going to call this place Bel Perazim so we can always remember that when we were faced with an enemy, the Lord broke through our enemies like the breakthrough of water. And that's what I believe God is challenging me to impact your heart with as we enter into a new season. God wants to reveal himself to you as the God of breakthrough. That no matter what enemies you face or that you may face, just as he did for David, God's going to break through for you. And you will know God to be the God of breakthrough. Glory to God. We go on in verse 21. They left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines, verse 22, went up again against him, deployed themselves in the valley of Raphim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, no, now hold on. Just because he defeated the enemy one time didn't mean that they gave up. You would almost think that we're reading the previous verse. No. We're reading what that, after he defeated, he, you know, defeated these enemies. I finally is stepping into the ground. Okay, I, I, I overcame this particular challenge. And then he turns right around and here comes the enemy again. In our marriage relationships, it can happen. We, you know, we got over this before, but here we are again financially we've been through where we've you know we've been through the fire we've been through the flood and now you know sure and sure we get to another point and then we're hit with another issue what do you do when you're faced again and again with the enemy in reality some people at this point are like man am I ever going to catch a break are things ever going to be better Am I going to have to fight all my life? And some people can really get discouraged when they're faced with challenges from week to week and from time to time. David didn't give up. 
when he was faced again with the same enemies that God had defeated before. Just because you've had challenges don't, doesn't mean that just because you have challenges don't mean that you're a failure. You can overcome every time. He didn't allow it to discourage him, but he did go back to the Lord. He didn't just get back into the fight. He went back to the Lord. Look at him, verse number 23. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the top of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so in the Lord, as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezar. So there's obviously so much that we can learn. Um, he didn't just say, okay, here they go again. Here this attack comes again. Here these physical symptoms come again. Here comes this financial problem. Here we've got trouble in a relationship. Okay, there she goes again. Come on, somebody. No, when the problem presented himself, he didn't act pridefully. He humbled himself before God. Like, God, what do you want me to do? These are huge lessons about how to experience breakthroughs in your life. And so a couple of weeks ago, we learned from this story that what God did for David, he has already done for you. God has broken through your enemies on your behalf. What I want, to, what I want you to notice today is that it wasn't without a fight. And 2022 and even beyond in any season of your life, you will be required to fight. Now, if you're tired of fighting, then all right, get ready to go home to be with the Lord because as long as you are on this planet, come on, there's never a place where we attain to Christ-like perfection and walk through life on a flowery bed of ease. The Bible teaches us that in this life, we are to fight the good fight of faith. And what makes a fight a good fight is that you win. It's a bad fight, come on, when you lose. So in this life, we will have to fight. There are enemies arrayed against us constantly to steal, to kill, and to destroy. They want to keep you from enjoying the good life that God sent Jesus for you to be able to attain and to have. So you'll have to fight for it. Well, I'm led today to, to, to talk about overcoming discouragement. The title of the message is Overcoming Discouragement. Because you cannot fight the good fight of faith and be discouraged at the same time. So since we have to fight in this life to have success in marriage and success financially and where our children are concerned, we've got to fight the right way. And you can't fight a good fight and be discouraged. There are breakthroughs in your future. And in this season that we're in right now, God is revealing himself as the God of breakthrough. How many of you all received that? So I know it was two weeks ago, but remember that the way we receive a prophetic word is by being the good ground. There were four groups that Jesus talked about. The one... Seed was sown, immediately Satan took it away. The other group, they received it, 
But then when trouble or pressure came up, they let it go. Then the third group, they received it and held on to it when trouble and pressure came. But they let other things in to choke the word to keep it from being productive. But then it was that fourth group that not only received the word, when trouble and pressure came, they held on to it. And when other things tried to, tried to get in to choke it, they kept it out and they ended up producing wonderfully. So we remember that the way we receive it, a good word from God, is by being the good ground and also by focusing on it. We also said that prayer and obedience are prerequisites to experience breakthroughs. So like, if, like you said, like you shared, if you want to experience breakthroughs on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, if you want to experience breakthrough in your heart and breakthrough in your mind, amen, breakthrough in your spirit, and if you want to experience breakthroughs, prayer, come on, y'all help me, and obedience. We saw it with Jehoshaphat. He was surrounded by enemies on every side. Armies came to attack. He turned to God in prayer and fasting. A prophetic message came from, from a young man, Je I think it was Jehazi, stood up and began to prophesy. They received that word, but then God told them what to do, which also required them to do it the way that God said it. Same thing for David. He prayed. He inquired of the Lord. The Lord said, don't go down this way. That means do it a, do it a different way. Hallelujah. If you're going to experience breakthrough in any area of your life, it's going to require you to spend some time in prayer. Don't just treat it like you did the last time it happened. You know, you and your spouse, you know, got into it over some money situation, you know, and you prayed about it and God resolved it, right? But then here we are again, and it's over some money situation. Don't just do the last thing God said. Go to God again. He may tell you to do something totally different. Ooh, I'm preaching good, somebody. Amen. And these are the biblical examples of how to, how to experience breakthroughs. So prayer and obedience are prerequisite to experiencing breakthrough. Let me give you one more today. Another prerequisite to experiencing breakthrough is overcoming discouragement. In 1 Samuel, uh, from about chapter 16 through the end of the book of 1 Samuel, it tells the story of David being anointed as king. He was overlooked. His father didn't think that he could be king, so didn't even invite him to the house. You know, so now he's got some family issues there. And so come to find out, what are you all doing? Well, he's going to anoint somebody to king. And sure enough, he found out that, you know, God had chose him to be king over Israel. He went on about his business. The men went to war. David was left behind. His brothers were there in the camp. The father wanted to send him to see how his brothers were doing. It's like, okay, Dad, do you care more about my brothers and me? Well, sure enough, he took the lunch or took whatever food and was supposed to bring back a report. But when he got down there, he saw that the armies of Israel were lined up against the Philistines and they had the champion Goliath, and he was taunting them. This is all in 1 Samuel. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because from 1 Samuel chapter 16, when David was 17 years old as a teenager, to chapter 5 of 2 Samuel, seven, uh, 13 years had passed. And the majority of those years were spent with David on the run. 
I thought it was unique because when I read 2 Samuel, preparing to minister this, it talked about David inquiring of the Lord. Well, I remember earlier in David's life, he did that. And I saw he learned how to do this before now. So go back with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. This is overcoming discouragement. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. But here's the thing, verse 2. They had taken the women captive that were in Ziglag. They slew not any, either great or small, but they carried them away and went on their way. And so David and his men, when they came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice until they had no more power to weep. Look up at me for a moment. You've got to embrace this story. I wish we could take the time to look at the circumstances surrounding his life leading up to this moment. Wow. At the sadist without crying. Without knowing your story, having experienced life myself, I've been there where at a young age everything looked bright, the future looked hopeful, but then life began to happen in a bad way. Where, you know, one situation after another, one uh, betrayal after another betrayal, and you get to such a low point in life that it's almost like, you know, why do I keep trying? You, you, you get to a point where you just want to give it all up. You know, I can remember at one point in my life, a thought came about not living anymore. And I knew it was from the outside, and I, I knew to check in and rebuke it. But, man, it helped me to understand how people can get so low in life where they just want to give it all up. And if there were ever anybody that hit a low point, it was David. I mean, after he defeated Goliath, he was promised the king's daughter, right? So he marries her, and then she was taken away from him. He experienced tragedy in a relationship. Then his stepfather, the king, Saul, began to try to kill him. He was kind of, he, he, he wasn't mentally together. He was, Saul was mentally ill. And they would call for David to come and play the instrument, and sure enough, the king to calm the king, but then the king would try to throw a spear. And, you know, somebody that you love, it seems like they're trying to kill you. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody today where you've been in relationships and it's like choking you. And it's as if this person is trying to destroy you. So eventually he had to had a friend, Jonathan, the king's son, and he's like, look, man, your dad's trying to kill me, and I know we're like best friends, but I, I got to go. He ended up on the run, ended up in some very bad places, 
Some people came around and, you know, he ended up leading them. And so finally, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, he's living in a Philistine town called Ziglag on the skirts of the Philistines. He's not even where, 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 where the Israelites are. And he goes out to fight against the Israelites with the Philistines. Oh, come on. And, on, they, and they, when they got out to the battle, they were like, who is this that's coming out to fight? Well, oh, yeah, that's David. You know, he's hooked up with me now. And the other Philistines were like, no, we're getting ready to go fight his people. And we don't want him to have a slight of mind. Like, no, and then start fighting us. So send him back. <laughs> and sure enough, they sent him back. But while he was gone, these Amalekites came and stole everything that was in the city and burned it with fire and took his wives captive and all of their children captive. Do you all see how low this is? Let's read verse 4 once again. In verse 4 it says here <clears throat> that when this happened, when they came back home and they saw, oh, can you all look up at me for a moment while they get number 4 ready? Um, I can remember it was on a Thanksgiving. And, and if you've ever had your home broken into, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a feeling that you get that comes over you when you're robbed of something or when something is stolen. And it's, you'll, you'll never forget. You feel violated. I mean, you just feel in, in such a way. Uh, I, had, I had gone to spend some time with my family. Uh, I had had a, just a really bad season. And then after all that, I spent all day with my family for Thanksgiving. I get back to the little place that I kind of carved out of nothing. Come on, somebody. Had just moved. Boxes were in the basement. And they broke in. It was in a bad part of Detroit. Somebody says every part of Detroit is bad. No, it's not that bad. It's getting better. But, you know, I was in a bad part of Detroit. And somebody broke in. And I didn't really have nothing. I don't have nothing. You know, and they just tore through all the little boxes and just kind of left. And I just felt just, like, violated. The Bible says in verse 4, and I need you to hear this so you can find yourself. David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever been there in that relationship where things just look like nothing? And you have cried to you don't have any more strength to cry. Or in any other situation, look at what this passage reveals. David, verse 5, his two wives were taken captive, and then him, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Verse 6 says that David was greatly distressed. I want you to underline that or make a mental note. They're trying to describe the state of mind or heart that he is experiencing in this moment. He's not just stressed out about it. He's greatly distressed. He is at the point of a breakdown, not a breakthrough. David was greatly distressed. Why? Because not only did he have this experience, but it goes on to say that the people, those that he was in co covenant with, they spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. 
Verse 7 says, And David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither to Ephod. And Abathar brought the, the, thither the Ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord. You might want to underline that. He inquired at the Lord. Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he said, and he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover what? All glory to God. So we see David at his, one of his lowest points, but I believe it was through these seasons of life that David learned so that after he stepped into a place of elevation and a place of promotion and an enemy came up again, it's like, oh, I've already learned what to do when I don't know what to do. I've already learned that when an enemy comes in, that's not the end. Oh, come on, somebody. I already know what to do when I'm faced with trouble. I know I serve a God. God who will never leave me nor forsake me. He didn't have a mental breakdown. He didn't cry until he didn't have any more strength. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, when a new problem popped up, he turned to God. Why? Because he learned along the way, how do you get yourself in a place where God can help you? It's not by having a pity party. It's not by singing the song, nobody knows the trouble I see but you. Come on, somebody. He learned at some point you've got to catch yourself when you don't have nobody to lean on. You have nothing to call on and count on. You need to be able to turn, turn to God and get through this thing. Somebody say overcoming discouragement. It's a prerequisite to experience breakthrough. See, as king, when he was anointed king and they came up, he didn't throw his hands up to God. Oh, God, I thought I was done with all of the fight. No, you got fights all the time. But you got God. So you good. Amen. So David hit a real low point personally here. The enemy uses what's called the pileup technique. He tries so hard to get you to quit because he knows that if you don't quit, you will win. You will win. Let me say this again. You can hit a real low point. The enemy uses a pileup technique. You ever watch wrestling, you know, boom, you know, and then they get all the guys get them and kind of pummel them together, you know. Uh, but, but that's really like the enemy. He doesn't just come at you with something and wait till you get the strength to come at you with something else. He wants to hit you with the perfect storm. Y'all remember the movie, The Perfect Storm? I mean, it was like, a, it was three different storms and it was all wrapped up in one and nobody ever survived. And that's what the enemy likes to practice. That's what he comes at you against you in your marriage. That's what he comes at you financially. That's what he comes at you in your physical body. I mean, you get this diagnosis and then they're saying that. And if you allow yourself to start crying and start being sad and start being discouraged and why me and why did God let this happen to me and why am I going through this? And I'm married the wrong person and it's always then it'll never be and all of this kind of stuff come on somebody if you fall into that you will find yourself uh the enemy just dragging you through life from one bad situation to the next but if you learn what to do when you're at a low point when he's practicing the pileup technique you'll experience breakthrough i said you'll experience breakthrough 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, let me get this out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to where we need to be. The enemy tries so hard to get you to quit because he knows that if you don't quit, you'll win. So he just keeps coming at you. At this moment, David could have gave up everything. He should have just said, you know what, I'm done. He could have walked away, never become king. He could have left there. I mean, after all, everybody that he did get in agreement with, they're speaking of stoning him. His wives are gone. He has nothing left. But he did something. It said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. In Psalm 27, stanza 1, this is a psalm of David. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the, when the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be discouraged, despondent, distressed. Let me read that again. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this I will be what? Depressed. No, I'm going to be confident. I submit to you Psalm 27 was born out of the trenches. He discovered the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear when he was in the valleys and when he was in these dark places, when it looked like all of his enemies were against him, the children of Israel, the king was against them, the Philistines were against them, the Amalekites were against them, his own men were against him. And he said, even in the darkest of night, in the darkest of situations, the Lord is my light. When I don't see a way out when I don't see a way through when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death when I'm facing death through a physical diagnosis he said in that moment when I can't see the Lord himself is my light he is my salvation I'm not going to be afraid of anything and I'm not going to be afraid of anybody This is how you overcome discouragement. Verse 4, he says, one thing I have desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. He didn't say, I desire a new house. I desire a new car. I want new clothes. I want to take a nice vacation. I want to be rich. I want to have abundance. I want to have this. I want to be able to travel. I want to have retirement. I want... No, he said, I want one thing from God. One thing have I desired from the Lord. And that one thing, not a husband, not a wife, not a child, not, come on, so one thing. Somebody say one thing. One thing have I desired from the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire at his temple in my own life. When I hit life's lowest low, I didn't run out into the street. The world has nothing for me. The world has 
there's nothing that I want. There's nothing that I desire. There's one thing that I desire in life. Come on, somebody. No matter what I go through, what I come up against, I only want one thing. I'm going to desire, and that will I seek heaven. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to be able to come to church. Come on, somebody. I want to be able to lift up my hands. I want to be able to shout. I want to be able to pray, even if I have to sleep in my car, even if I have to walk on the street, as long as I can get to church and praise God. Oh, y'all got to help me today. One thing that I desire in life, and that will I seek after, that I can be with God. As long as I'm with God, I'm good. Come on. As long as I'm with Jesus, as long as he's on my side, I'm all right. If she don't treat me right, if they don't do me right, come on. If the, if the boss let me go, if the car break down, oh, y'all got to help me today. One thing that I desire, that one thing that I just want to be with God. Somebody say, I just want to be with God. Y'all could be seated. <sighs> why, are you, why, why are you like this, David? How did you get to this place? That only one thing out of life you want. He tells you in verse 5. Come on, look at it. The reason why is because when I was in the time of the trouble, he hid me in his pavilion. When I was going through the toughest time in my life, it was God that was there for me. In the secret of his tabernacle, he hid me and he has set me on a rock. Verse 6. And then verse 6. Look, look, look at stanza 6. He says, and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer in the, in the tabernacle a sacrifice of joy. I'm going to sing. Yeah, I'm going to sing praises to the Lord. How many of y'all can see this? I see it. He said, this is the one thing, because in all of the stuff that I've been through, God's been there for me when nobody else was there for me. I don't need you to encourage me. I don't need you to pat me on my back. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about David because of what if his experience. He's learned how to overcome discouragement. He didn't need a, a pat on the back or, a, you know, somebody to be the wind in his cell. No, he know I got God. For in the time of trouble, stanza seven and say, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said unto you, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. Look up at me for a moment. God is saying to you through this series, no matter what you face in the upcoming seasons of life, whether it be spiritually, physically, or financially, whether it be relationship, relationally or on the job, no matter what you face in life, seek God's face. David learned that along the way. He said, he said uh, uh, you know, he said, you said to me, seek my face. And my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Then he said, stands and I hide not your face far from me. Put not your, son, your servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Woo, you know he had it good. Verse 10 said, stands at 10 said, when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Then he says to God, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over the will of my enemies. For false witnesses have risen up against me, such as breathe out cruelty. And then he tells us something that I pray that none of you ever forget in life. He says, I would have fainted. 
I would have caved in, given up, and threw in the towel. The word faint there means to give up, to cave in, to quit. He said, I would have fainted. I had fainted. I would have given up on life. Anybody ever ever been there where you could have given up on life? He said, I would have given up on life unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's the secret. That right there is the secret ingredient. In the moment when everything was lost and the people around him gave up too, the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What did he encourage himself? He did, verse 13. He thought about it. And he said, I, I could quit right now, but I'm not going to quit. Why? Because I believe that even though I can't see my way through, somehow, some way, God's going to get me out of this situation. I believe that God's goodness is going to show up in my lifetime. So I'm not going to give up. And then he turns around and he encourages all of us in stanza 14. He says, wait on the Lord. You could play something softly, I guess. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's do that again. He said, now, it's almost like he was telling his story, but then in the end he shifted and he started encouraging us. You, you want to get married? I know, I get that. I went a long time without being married. But I tell you, I, I didn't give up. Why? Because I believed, I believed that sometime in my lifetime, God's goodness is going to show up. Uh, I.e., Marquita showed up. Marquita. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then Stanley III showed up. And Marquise Donovan showed up. That's the goodness of the Lord in my lifetime. So when I'm faced with what I'm faced with right now, when I'm faced with what the doctors are saying, when I'm faced with the financial situations, I'm not going to quit. Never worry about the future of Faith Family Church. As long as there is breath in my body, we're going to be preaching. Come on, somebody. We're going to be doing what God has instructed us to do. He said, wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. See, when we, when we get out ahead of God and try to fix our problems ourselves, that's when we make messes. Just wait on Him. Wait on Him. Wait on him. Encourage yourself. Well, I didn't get an encouraging word at church. That No, wait on him. Somebody say, wait on him. Be of good courage. He'll strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Why didn't David give up? Because he believed to see the goodness of the Lord. But I also believe that there was another reason It's because he remembered the lion and the bear. And I want to challenge you as we get ready to go. Remember the lions and the bears. You know, for most every person that got married, I know there's some arranged marriages in the world around us, but that's not the majority. For most people that got married, you wanted to marry that person. 
I know right now it may feel a little different. I'm talking to people online, so don't worry about the folks in here. You wanted to marry that person, but now it's like, man, I think I would be better to be away from them than to be with them. No, wait on the Lord. I'm here to tell you, and there's a lot of us that are here to tell you, wait of the Lord, wait on the Lord, be of good church. He'll strengthen your heart. God's goodness can show up right there in that situation. <coughs> but the reason, there, there's another reason why, it was because he learned early how to remember God showing up when the lion showed up. When he was just a shepherd boy out there keeping sheep and a lion came to take away one of the sheep, the strength of God came on him and he smoked the lion and he delivered the sheep. But then one day he was out there keeping the sheep and the bear showed up and I'm sure he remembered the lion and he was like, well, wait a minute. God delivered me from the lion and now there's a bear. Come on, Mr. Bear. He <laughs> the Bible says he grabbed the bear by the beard and smoked the bear. God showed up. I don't know what line showed up in your finances. I don't know what line showed up in your children's life. I don't know what line showed up on the job. But grab it by the beard and with the help of God, defeat your enemies. So then, you've been through some stuff, I know it. But then, he's now facing the giants of his life. I mean, everybody was afraid of that. He got a diagnosis, cancer. Cancer can be defeated. It is already a defeated foe. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Hope thou in God, and he will be your help when there is no way out. Glory to God. He remembered the lion and he remembered the bear in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. It says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So, said to so Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. You remember when y'all was dating, y'all had a tough time, but God got you through it. Now that you're married and you're having a little bit of a tough time, don't worry about it, baby. God can get you through it I promise you I'm done I'm, tell, I'm telling you I'm done <laughs> he remembered the lion and the bear so be the good ground focus on what God is saying pray and obey God Whatever he tells you to do. If you have a new problem come up, if some new situation comes up, don't just react. Slow down. God, what you want me to do about it? You know, <laughs> this little stuff. Um, you know, you saw something on his phone or you saw something on her phone. Don't just react. Come on, somebody. Don't just react. No, God, what you want me to do about this? He might tell you, don't do anything. He might tell you to ask about it. Do whatever God tells you to do but don't just react. Come on, David didn't just react. All right, I'm almost done, I promise. So be the good ground, focus on what God said, pray and obey, and then overcome discouragement. 
In Psalm 42, stanza three through six, stand up on your feet. This is David encouraging himself. Psalm 42, stanza three through six. He says, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember the lion and the bear, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. They, for I had, for I had gone with the multitude. I went to the house of God in the voice of praise and joy with a multitude and I kept the holy day. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, for he is the help of my countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember thee from the land of Jordan. I'll remember thee from the Hemonites and the hill of Mazar. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Say it out loud. Hope thou in God. Say it again. Hope thou in God. One more time. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Did you get anything good out of that today? It doesn't matter what comes against you. Hope in God. Overcome discouragement and you'll see the God of breakthrough break through for you in Jesus name. Lift your hands up before God. Come on, let's, let's praise and worship God. Oh, Father, we just adore you. We magnify you. Oh, come on, open your mouth and praise him. He said, I will sing of his goodness. I'll sing and I'll make joy in his tabernacle. I'll bless his holy and his majestic name. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Doesn't matter what the, what the devil says. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. Doesn't matter what the situation says. I believe God and it will be even as it was told me. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. While every head is bowed, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. God loves you. He sent his only begotten son that if you would believe in him, you would not perish but have everlasting life. Give your life to the Lord today and you begin to see breakthrough after breakthrough in every area of your life. It's a simple prayer. But maybe you're here and, and you know, you, you've done things that you shouldn't have done. You're already saved. You're born again. But you've looked at something you said something, you did something. Listen, the Bible says that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you. You don't have to confess them to me. You have to confess them to him. Repent before God and he'll restore you, put you back in the right standing with him. I want to lead you in that prayer. You don't have to say it out loud, but pray it quietly before your heart and God will restore you. You can dedicate your life to him today afresh. So whether it is to give your life to the Lord or to return to the Lord, I want everybody to pray this out loud. Mean it from your heart. God will save you and restore you right now in Jesus' name. Say it out loud. God in heaven, I thank you for this word. I received this message of overcoming discouragement. And I come to you today to give you my life. I do believe that Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he died for me, bearing my sins for me, 
they put him in a grave, but I believe he is alive. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all of my sins, and I accept your offer of forgiveness. Therefore, I believe, according to your word, I am born again. Heaven is now my home. Thank you for saving me. And now I ask you to give me the Holy Spirit to teach me the way of life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, put your hands together for those that prayed that way for the first time. If you're online, we bless you. We congratulate you. Get into a good word, church.